what is happening? What the fuck am I doing? Uh, am I actually going to go anywhere in life? I'll be taking you through life's exciting moments, hard moments, and moments we just like to forget. If you're wondering why I chose the name Inglorious RBG, well, I'll give you a little definition that I found off Google. Inglorious means shameful, not glorious, or lacking fame or honor. I don't consider myself to be anything like the notorious RBG. I also don't consider myself to be shameful. However, I've had many glorious moments, and I'm clearly not famous, and my initials are also RBG, so that worked out quite well. As a kid, I was considered a fat kid. Um, No shame, but I was. Like, I was overweight. Oh well. And um, in order to get attention otherwise, I decided to be a bit of a class clown. Um, I thought I was hilarious and I tried to make other people laugh in ways that were maybe not the best. Um, my poor parents had to deal with that, but yeah, that's basically why I acquired a personality. Albeit being a terrible athlete, I mean, I couldn't make the basketball team in grade five at a Jewish day school and I was the tallest girl in the grade. That's saying something. Um, basically I ended up doing two degrees in kinesiology, a bachelor's and a master's. But I basically chose what I was going to do for undergrad based on a single course, which was my exercise science class in grade 12. And then after doing uh, my motor control class in my fourth year of undergrad, I decided that um, I was going to pursue a master's degree in and really specialize in uh, psychomotor behavior. And I think I was a little too narrowly focused. My end career goal was to become a pediatrician. It still really is, but I am thinking of other things and I'm applying to other things that actually interest me as well. But it really, when you're so young, you don't exactly know yourself. I mean, you eventually go through experiences and find things that interest you that maybe weren't on your um, weren't on your mind when you were younger. And I think that's something that I've definitely really realized uh, throughout this year. And I know that other people that I'm friends with or I've spoken to feel the same way. So I truly just hope that something I say resonates with you. Um, you learn something from what both myself or my guests might talk about or that you're just truly entertained and find something that we talk about funny, interesting, whatever it may be. I think it's safe to say for all of us, 2020 was quite a crazy year and 2021 started off quite crazy. Thankfully, it's getting a little better. Uh, For me personally, 2020 was a pivotal year in my life. I went through not one, but two breakups and I finished my master's. So yeah, right now I'm in a bit of an ambiguous stage of my life. Um, Some days I feel like I have it all together and many days I don't. However, um, compared to the summer, I have way more good days than I do bad days and it's such a relief and I can only thank my family, friends um, who've truly been so supportive for me. And honestly, I thank myself a lot too because um, I've been much kinder to myself than I did um, throughout my master's and even throughout that first uh, four-year relationship that I had. 
Um, so yeah, I can only really talk about my own experiences, which is why I'm interviewing my friends, family, and special guests um, from a wide range of backgrounds to come and share their experiences and specialties when it comes to dating, sex, love, school, work, mental health, physical health, keeping a balanced life that actually works for you. And of course, we're going to get a little down and dirty to get into my guests' most inglorious moments because that's what keeps life fun. But before I have my very first guest on the show, I just want to talk about these two books that I read that actually also inspired me to do this podcast. So the first is called The Defining Decade. It's by Meg Jay. She's a clinical psychologist. I actually had very mixed feelings about this novel. Um, Yeah, I just thought that it was more so going to be about taking your 20s to figure things out, um, how there's so many options available to you, you just gotta take a chance. And she was getting to the point, she did make the point that you have to take chances in order to actually have opportunities present themselves. You can't just wait and hope. Um, That's something that my mom always said to me. And when I was younger, I never really understood that, but it is a fact. Um, Yeah, so Dr. J really got into her clients, issues with love, relationships, and trying to find their career. They just felt like they were doing nothing, essentially. Um, And that's something that I do a bit of trouble with because, I mean, I am, again, in an ambiguous, unclear stage of my life where I am trying to figure things out for myself. Um, I do now have so many more options available to me than I did before, um, you know, really having this time. It really started when I went through my first breakup. to really have the time to focus on myself and see what it is that I really enjoy doing. Um, I think that if I was going back to grade 12 and I was going to start my undergrad degree, I might not have done it in kinesiology, even though I loved my program. Um, I just think that there are lots of things that I'm also interested in that could have been really good degrees and could have set me up with a really good career. But now I still have time. And that's the problem that I had with this book was that this book really said to you, um, you have a biological clock, there's a clock that's ticking in terms of how many careers you will be able to take once you're a certain age. And I'm all about this idea that um, you do have time to figure things out. You know, when you're 19, 18, I guess you're like 17, 18 years old going to college or university for us Canadians, um, and I guess most of the world, um, you really do, um, you don't really know exactly what it is that's going to keep you going forever. Um, Again, like I thought I was going to be going to med school right after undergrad, but that didn't happen. I did a master's and now again, I'm thinking of going back to school. So like life does take you on these crazy turns and I think you just have to embrace them. And the book, I don't know, it just made me super anxious. I thought that someone reading it who might be in my place might also feel anxious. However, it did motivate me. I got back on the job hunt. Um, I decided to finally start recording this podcast. And I think that's what, you know, the real purpose of the book was, is to just like take hold of your life, take hold of your time and actually make something of it. Um, But unfortunately, I would read it before bed. I would go to bed and wake up with like, what is happening? What the fuck am I doing? Uh, Am I actually going to go anywhere in life? And so I, again, did have mixed feelings about it, but I do recommend it for anyone who is like looking for some motivation to get themselves um, going, looking for work, um, looking to find love. Um, Yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's just be aware that you might start feeling the pressure. 
And then I read this book. Actually, I read it before I read The Defining Decade. I read this book called, um, oh God, what was it called? Oh, Group by Christy Tate. This book was um, pretty relatable. And I just thought that it spoke to the fact that you should reach out to other people, um, make connections, form new friendships, new relationships just in general. It doesn't need to be romantic. But just um, having these relationships with other people and learning from other people is just hella important. And it also leads to sometimes um, other actually romantic relationships or it leads to um, learning a bit more about yourself, things that you didn't. And also just taking in other people's perspectives, which also um, helps you grow. So the woman in the book, it's Christy Tate herself, and she's this badass lawyer. Um, She hasn't been able to find the perfect romantic relationship for her. And um, essentially, she really just needs to find herself. And so her therapist, as well as the people in her uh, therapy group, really work with her. You know, they make fun of her. It's a fun, dynamic group. Um, And they've helped her be able to essentially um, come to terms with herself, um, love love herself, respect herself. And then eventually just work through uh, each relationship as they come. And yeah, you'll have to read it to find out what really happens. But it was a great book. um, And it really just did speak to the power of um, taking the time to get to know yourself because that's really who you have at the end of the day. I think that's what life is all about is like learning, laughing, growing together. Live, laugh, love. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, be open to a world of possibilities. And um, that's what that book did for me both of these books. That's really it for the intro of this podcast. Um, I could go on forever about the books I've read, the shows I've watched, the movies I've seen, the music I've listened to, because the entertainment industry was all we really had uh, in 2020. And even starting 2021, I can already say that I've seen some good shit. Um, Yeah, let's get it going with the first guest. And so speaking of entertainment, I'm going to introduce... The first guest to the Inglorious RPG podcast. I can't wait to bring him out. Um, he partially brought me out, if you know what I mean. He is my father. His name is Rick. I can easily say that all of my guy friends and probably both of my exes, actually maybe just the one because the second one lasted about about two months. Uh, yeah, you know, when the person's just not right, you know. That's all. That's all I have to say. <laughs> He's a professor of radio and television at Ryerson University, and he is also a part of the Canadian Society of Cinematographers. But that isn't why I brought him here. Um, I brought him here because he is someone who changed his life path, and he went against his father's hopes and dreams of him becoming an engineer to do something that he was passionate about. So without further ado, let me introduce my father. Hello, father. Welcome to the Inglorious RBG. Are you excited? I'm very excited, daughter. I just want to talk to you about, you know, life in your 20s. You were, you know, I'm in my 20s, obviously. Um, I'm sure people who are listening, since it'll probably just be my five friends, um, will be talking about life in our 20s and how it's just kind of a weird stage in life. Um, so yeah, tell me a bit about what it was like for you going from your adolescence to your 20s, if you can remember that. Too far back, but I, I remember some details. It was a very confusing time because I wasn't sure if I wanted to go into engineering like my father wanted. Yeah, I mentioned that in Did the intro, yes. <laughs> so I, I was bouncing back and forth between... Um, I guess I guess it was was the twenties. No, actually, it was probably before that though. 
but in the 20s was when I sort of decided for sure that I wanted to go into communication. And did you, I don't know, did you have like that idea before you actually went to school? Because you did engineering. You did your undergrad basically in engineering. You said you stopped. What's your story? You stopped it like right when you were writing your last exam or something? Pretty close to, yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, I was always, I always loved photography and I did that sort of and I made a little bit of money doing that doing catalogs and uh, I was uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's yes. the, the, the older <laughs> ones when uh -huh. he was alive his the, uh, party photographer as well as a whole bunch of other MPs so I always loved that part and then I when sort of video came of age I started doing a little bit of film and a little bit of video so I think I was more passionate about that than I was about uh, sticking my head in engineering for the rest of my life that makes sense so now you know how I feel when I you know grew up saying oh I'm going to be a doctor but maybe there's other options out there you can understand that yes I can but it I mean it seemed like you for the most you wanted to be a doctor like I wanted to be in the video. photography yeah. and video yeah it's true I guess just when it's not like I have been you know, ta that's taken off the whole agenda. That's still something, you know, I'm still like applying and stuff. But there, I, I never really had other options. It was like six of what, five, not five, three of our cousins are doctors. And I guess because I always said that, everyone just expected that. And it was just reinforced and reinforced and reinforced. And then all of a sudden, like life just continues and you realize, oh, maybe there's other things out there that I enjoy more. Like I like talking to people, I like psychology. And, you know, that we've talked about me going into psych now and it could be a better possibility. Yeah, there's nothing. I... You're, you've, you've always been very good about that. You guys are both very supportive. Thank you. <laughs> we try to. Well, look, because I know the struggles I went through when I was younger. Yeah. How was, how'd your parents take it? <laughs> my father was upset. Yeah. My mother, I don't think my mother really cared that much. He might, But my father didn't understand it until the day that I introduced him to Trudeau. <laughs> Then all of a sudden it was like, you know, he, he got that maybe there's potential for me in, yeah. in this career. <clears throat> but he still didn't understand it. And it was still, they were not, they were quite poor. So they didn't have the money to help me be in another city kind of thing. So there were a lot of, there were a lot of struggles there. Yeah. And even when, even when I did apply, I don't know if I told you this, but uh, I applied to um, communication at Loyola and they i was working with their graduate students already and i already created a series for cfcf like a tv station in montreal what is CFC? Oh, oh, it's, it's, no no it's oh. an english uh it's a ctv station oh, okay in montreal so and i'd already done two shows there so they said i had too much experience oh, so, uh, one so of the they lucky didn't ones. let me, well, no they well i was <laughs> but they didn't let me in because they when i i knew the people there the dean and the chair and a whole bunch of students and i got really angry why they didn't accept me and they said well because we can't shape you oh okay so then i applied to ryerson and there was and a new program like, ryerson it was newer wasn't it well for me it was but no it's been there since the 50s oh okay it's the, eh, not too far from when you would have been there well, <laughs> 20 you. years what 30 it's, years i guess no it was it was it was in 1956 just when tv was sort of Really started. It's like right before you were born. Yeah. Calling you out on the podcast. There you go. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, father. So it was, 
anyway, so it was tough because then when I applied to Ryerson, they didn't accept me the first time either, even when I was in engineering, mm -hmm. because, and and uh, I didn't know why. I was really upset because I. I went in like I did with Leola. They told me I knew too much. So I went in there and I pretended like I knew nothing. Oh. <laughs> so I said, well, no, I'm very creative. I did tell them I was Trudeau's photographer and I told them some other stuff. I didn't tell them I'd already been doing series for CF, CF in Montreal. I didn't tell them that I was station manager for a, our local sort of university station. Anyway, so I didn't get in again <laughs> my second year in a row. And so this is while all while I'm in engineering, and then I uh, applied again to RTA to the school radio and te television at Ryerson. Yes. Yeah. Um, Just for the viewers. Well, actually, now <laughs> called the RTA School of Media. Sorry. Because we kept RTA because everybody knew RTA yeah. in the industry. Anyway, so I applied again, and it was the same person doing the interview, and he looked at me, and this time I laid it all out, and he said, "Have you done all this in the past?" eight months or a year since I've seen you last? I said, no, I've been doing this all along. He said, why didn't you tell me this last <laughs> year? And I told him the story. He said, oh, no, no, we would have taken you last year had I heard all this. So you did an extra year of engineering for nothing. Yes, yes. Oh, that's so great. Lucky you. You're, that's why, but at least now you know how to do stuff around the house. There you go. Well, you know, that's why Handy I said. Handy for us. <laughs> that's why I, there's, ne there's never any waste in, in all this stuff. Yeah. In learning. That's true, exactly. And that's what I told, you know, I said in the intro is that like it's all about learning and that's something I like to do. Why would I, I don't know, there's other things that we've taken, that I've taken, that you've taken, that Corey, like my brother, our, your son takes. <laughs> I don't know what to introduce him as. And mommy and mother does that we all do just so we can learn a little extra. I think our family likes to learn. And I know you guys are always just uh, encouraging me to just keep options open and just keep getting as much education or learning as much as I can yeah. until I figure it out. And, and frankly, if you are, it's like me every year, it took me, th and this wasn't such a tough program to get mm -hmm. in like medicine is, mm -hmm. but every year I applied for like three years, it took me three years to get into something I should have gotten into. Mm -hmm. So there's never, you know, you can keep trying. And if you find options, if, if I had found something that I found as interesting as, I mean, initially it was going to be photography I was interested in, but if I found other options that I would have been interested in too, I might have gone some other direction. Mm -hmm. But you're happy with where you're at now? So far, yes. So far, yes. That was that was an important thing for me. Because, you know, some people, they get to where they want to be and they're not happy. I know lots of people who are in like, I don't know, law. Not, I don't know, my friends who are in medicine are all happy, but a lot of lawyers I find and accountants are very miserable. <laughs> Until the, I mean, doesn't I mean accounting doesn't sound so hot to me. Sorry, but <laughs> we won't say that to some of our friends. Yeah, we won't. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. Some people just seem to get to where they think they want to be, and they're not as happy. But then there's also other things in life that keep them happy, right? And yeah. Some people like numbers. Some people like doing that kind of stuff. It's like I actually find it interesting at times. Yeah. And there are parts of engineering that that I found interesting. I think I told you the story i don't know if it's something you want me to what put is on. it the one about uh how when i knew i got finally got into rta the thermodynamics nuclear or I no i don't the, remember this oh, story no? i it was the final exam i wrote or one of the final exams that i wrote was on thermo i think it was nuclear thermodynamics or ther thermodynamics anyways uh, i just remember i knew i would had gotten into rta already so i went 
to write the exam, but I never really attended the course because I knew I wasn't going to go into it. I went to the oh, first goodness. or second class. Yeah. So I, I wrote the exam and the professor didn't, had never seen, really seen me before. So he looked, he said, you sure you're in this class? When I went in and he saw my name and I showed him my ID. So I wrote the exam and I was the last one out and he was so upset because it was like a four hour exam or something. Mm -hmm. And he was like, almost like, why are you writing this? You never even attended. And I just remember going back and in those days, when you uh, you got your marks by looking outside the professor's door and they used to write them out with your student number. I think, yeah, just your yeah. student number. And We've I seen it on the movies. Yes. <laughs> so I remember going and looking down and, and and the professor was in his office and he went, sort of, I never told you this one? Oh. No, you did tell me this one, oh. but now you've already gone so far, so okay. just keep going. <laughs> so he pointed and he said, come here and... Uh, I went and he said, I don't know how you did this, but you were the first person to get almost perfect in this exam. Damn, so you didn't bomb it. I didn't bomb it. I was it. hoping you'd bomb the nuclear exam so I could make a good job. Thermodynamics. Uh, it was nuclear thermodynamics. I think. Uh, okay. It was either thermodynamics or nuclear. Anyway, the, the point was, I realized I, it was the first time in my life I really wasn't stressed and I didn't care if I passed or not. Well, that's so, it. <laughs> yeah, stress is a big thing. I found out, I found that, I actually found interesting things when I was reading the textbook. Yeah. So I began to understand, and I said, it, and to me it was like, oh well, if I don't, I don't. Mm -hmm. That's why I keep telling members of my family try not to stress about it because mm -hmm. it's I hard mean, not to. It's hard not to, but yeah, it is. It's true. Just try and take a an approach, a little bit of a standoffish approach, I guess. I don't know. Or. No, no, I didn't say that. You didn't say anything, but <laughs> no, I, I, I want to say what you said. He, he pulled out a little joint symbol there. That's what he did. He smokes, wants to smoke the marijuana. All right, so about that, what was life like in the 70s and 80s? Because now it's now it's it's pretty like, I don't know, in our, in the, in our society, it's a very individualistic society, and everyone just wants to get on top and work their asses off. Um, so what was it like back then? Or well, the 70s I, or 80s that you would have been uh, in like 20s? I guess it was 80s. Yeah. Yeah, late 70s. 80s. I, I wasn't a, a typical, like in, in Montreal, it was CJEP. So sort of before university. The 20, before university. Yeah. But I, I wasn't a typical CJEP or university student, especially not like in the rest of the creative uh, students around me because a lot of them smoked, a lot of them <laughs> took other drugs. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't me. No, I know. <laughs> I had friends that tried to sort of push me to do it, but I'd I'd actually watch them, sort of being on different drugs. Yeah. Uh, and it was a very different kind of scene, like unusual scene, watching them go through being stoned. Oh yeah, so it must be like super nice to have kids who are just so crazy. They were very. No, I'm talking about Corey and I. Oh oh oh. <laughs> we're wild. You have your moments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are times when you know I have to. Help you out after uh, we're gonna one get there. Occasions. I know what you're talking about. We're gonna get there. <laughs> um, okay, so you weren't a partier, but you did. You, did you have like you enjoy yourself otherwise? Like I was a voyeur. Oh that's, my god, a voyeur. <laughs> well, that's why they you say photographers are yes. because I like taking pictures of things, people experiencing things, but through, yeah. through the lens. Well, people watching is fun. Like that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, okay. except I took pictures of people. People partying too. Yes. Okay. Nowadays, you'd just be like a club promoter and go to the clubs and take your camera out. That's what you would do. I guess. 
and we'd all be like really drunk in your face trying to get our pics taken. Yes. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Well, I did everything from, I mean, aside from being Trudeau's photographer, I had other people hire me. I had a strip club hire me to. Uh... Okay, I didn't know <laughs> if I wanted to know that. But, but they did, I didn't take them. They, they, they had these parties. Uh, and so they asked me to just join them and take pictures at the parties. I didn't take part uh, pictures at the, at the club. Okay. Well, it's good to know. I don't, I don't want to see those in your office. <laughs> you, you won't. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so I guess, well, like we got like some academic stuff, but like back then, like now I, I talked about how I read this book and it was all about like when you're in your twenties, you've got to secure your husband and your everything basically. I mean, what was it like back then? I mean... What well, did you what it what was what were your views on it and your parents' views and people you know? Well, I think you know the people that I know and they were also they were I was actually the the bold one compared to the other. You were like the, the cool other. one in your crew. I, I guess I was. I'm not I, saying a lot. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was the one that pushed the limits as as my friend said when they yeah. came for my 60th. So I sometimes like when I was out there taking pictures for Trudeau Trudeau we did a lot, you know, there were a lot of parties and events that I could never afford to go to or go to, but mm -hmm. I got to go to the take pictures and I'd invite both of my best friends like to take pictures. So sometimes I'd invite them along to be my sort of assistant and they would take pictures too. Okay, but you didn't marry them. That's where we're going. No, no, <laughs> uh, no, I, but none of us were really even really into the, in the dating scene. When you were in your twenties? Not till, not till I got sort of in I moved to Toronto and um, I, even in school, even in university, I didn't really date much. I had a lot of female friends. Mm -hmm. They all loved me for my tech, technological knowledge. Okay. I, was, I was very popular with the women on uh, the week before a tech exam. Okay, uh, of course. <laughs> They're like the gold diggers of the university classrooms. Yeah, pretty okay. much. Okay, gotcha. So, but no I had, shame, no shame. No. I had a lot of I had a lot of female friends. Uh, I didn't, but I didn't date much. It wasn't really till I sort of got into the industry that I started. So you kind of put career before love. Yes, that was it. Okay, yes, people do that. You both, you mummy, are pretty career focused. Like you both, well, clearly, mommy's working on a report card. She's a teacher right now, so you're both very career focused. Yes. Um. But like did that, did your parents care? Did society care? Did I, were you bothered well, by it? Like, did people go up to you and say, "Where's your wife?" Well, when I when I did start dating, and uh, the people I would bring home, mm -hmm. who are not usually Jewish. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes, we're Jewish. Um, oh my god, my putting this in. <laughs> you can edit some of this. Okay. So there were some. You guys don't care, but back in the day, it was more of a bigger deal. Yes. Okay. And uh, and and even more so, I remember. I remember I took this blonde-haired, blue-eyed, modelish girl to a concert of uh, of my aunt's. I don't know if you've spoken yes, about I, this. Yes, I didn't. But my aunt was a violinist. So I brought, and my grandfather, who was a fair bit more religious, yeah, saw this person, knew this person was not Jewish, and I'll just never. He didn't say anything. But I've never felt anything like that in my life because he turned and he looked at me like with this like piercing like you are damned and doomed. Oh God! And... I didn't know that about Grandpa. Yeah, he was. I didn't know he was that Jewish. He wasn't. He wasn't that. But it was but just he wanted the mindset. To, yes, he wanted to keep it in. 
Yeah, I get it. Yes. Okay. All right. That makes sense. And my aunt didn't care. Like, my aunt, you know, she was so busy with her career, she never even cared, and she didn't certainly didn't care that, Did that Violet... No. She How about your mom? Uh, I think my mother also was not that thrilled. I don't think my father cared that much one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But typically, the, the girls I brought were not... Uh, who my parents would have preferred. So, like, they looked like mummy, but they weren't Jewish. Eventually, you found a Jewish woman. Yes. <laughs> at the JCC dance, which is like what the Jewish community, community center. center. Yes. All right. So I was gonna. Well, that brings me to my next point. Um. So how did you you met mother <coughs> at this dance? Yes. How did you know she was gonna be the one? <laughs> I saw this cute. I don't know. It just I felt very comfortable. That was the main thing. Okay. I'd never sort of felt like that. I guess also because a lot of the people I dated were in the film and TV industry. Yes. So I, I don't I don't mean to say this to diminish or demean uh, women in in that industry. Yeah. But I found a lot of them very superficial. Okay. So you know, some of them were actresses, some of them were behind the scenes people, and but I found them just very flighty and superficial. So you just wanted a grade two teacher. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> you found that with mommy, you were most comfortable. And I mean, she was blonde and you clearly had a preference for blonde people. I don't people. think she was blonde at that time. I think it was she was a brunette. It was like a dark blonde. I guess. And she had curly hair and you liked curly hair. I thought she was sweet and cute and funny and fun. Aw, she's going to listen to this and be so happy. She's not going <laughs> to listen to this. <laughs> okay, well, that's sweet. Um... You also didn't want to be a father, I heard. I love my children. When did you... <laughs> Thanks. When did you know you wanted to be one? Uh, was the biological clock I think about a week change? ago. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, I just... I tend to do things just because I think it's, imp- it's important. Oh, my god. And I thought it was like, this would be a new experience. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I... Now I'm fine. He's holding my hand. I'm literally finding out that I couldn't have, I wasn't even supposed to be born. I was just That's supposed to be a new experience. You are definitely a new experience. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> oh, wow. This is all a new experience. I was, I was just always just busy with the career, so I never thought about these things, but I always thought about let's try something new. new. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. I'm going to go tell Corey that. Um <laughs> But, I guess but it's true. I've always I think, loved you. I know. I know that. Thank you. I love you too. Um, well, yeah, I think that just in general, like all of us are pretty, like we do still have like a career focus, even though I think Corey and I are very much like, and you too. And I think mommy too. We all just like, I'm going to go with what I feel mo- like comfortable with and what like I have to drive for because I'm passionate about it. And I think that I'm finally coming, I've come more to the realization that like life isn't linear and there's so many different paths that you can take. I like that philosophy. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I think it's an important one. I think that a lot of people in their 20s are figuring that out because in the book that I read, The Defining Decade, which is a true fact, your brain's still like developing um, into your 30s or whatever. It's known as a sensitive period. There are critical periods in your life where like if you don't have socialization, then you're just basically not going to be able to be social or that's what critical periods are and then there's like sensitive periods which are more they don't necessarily mean that you're ju- you're developing your brain is developing but it's acquiring new skills and acquiring new things that'll take with it 
Anyways. You sound like you should be in psychology. I do like <laughs> psychology. I don't know. It's an option, you know. Um, so yeah, now that you're like, you know, your career's set. Well, you've been in your career. What's life like now? Like you have kids, you can't take them back. Your new experiences are life just now. It's just life. <laughs> so you're content. You're. I'm, I'm never happy. content. You're never. I, well, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll admit if I'm never content. That's why I'm always looking for new experiences, new experiences, new challenges. Are you going to have kids? More kids? Uh, I think that's. We should get a dog. <laughs> that's. I'm putting right. it out so there. So anyways. New experience. <laughs> Everyone, he said he likes new experiences. We're getting a dog. If we don't get a dog, I don't even know what to say. So anyways. The world uh, will shame you. That's why I've, you know, when, when you were older, I started traveling again. When I mm -hmm. started doing all those travels to build that. The net He built a network of communication across the c campuses. Yeah. It was like uh, basically like an internet TV station around the world. Yeah. So we were traveling around the world, a friend, uh, a co-worker and I. Your work wife. My work says wife. mother. Yeah. And there's always, you know, I always try and find something new. If I, something pops in my head, it's exciting, seems interesting, different. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'll dive into it. Like, uh, I was, I guess I've been getting bored again with what I'm doing. So that's why, I don't know, I, I, the, the PhD popped. You want to say that? Sure, that's fine. It popped into your head. It's an idea. Yes. Something you want to do. Yes. Well, good for you. So We're all backing you up. Thank you. Yes. We'll be doing our PhD potentially at the same time, there if that's go. what I do. <laughs> if they let me in. If not, I'm fine. Exactly. <laughs> You'll just find another new experience, like a dog. I would get so a cat, anyways. too. <laughs> cats, okay. cats, I would have even more of a problem. Just because of your allergies? Yeah. I mean, cats, I, I like cats too. I like pets. I like animals. I've always told yeah, you that. Yeah, we know that. I just don't want another child in the house. <laughs> but you want a new experience. Okay, whatever. I'm over this. Um, all right. So the podcast is obviously called Inglorious RBG. Inglorious means shameful or not famous, basically. If you can think of like a funny moment in your life that you would say is the most inglorious moment of your life, what would it be? You've had some crazy adventures. You can also talk about your crazy adventures, like in Africa or whatever. Well, I mean, the the Africa adventure was crazy, dangerous. Did you do you need crazy? It's shameful fun? in a sense. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I mean I could tell that story like I do to my students when we went we were f filming in Uganda and uh, we went to a village we were not supposed to go to. <clears throat> um, and we, we, it was a documentary on AIDS in Africa and, and the missionaries work there. I mean, there, there were funny parts to it and there were also the scary parts to it. But mm -hmm. we went to village, uh, a village that uh, the pastors that we were dealing with said, no, you really shouldn't go there. But it was supposedly one of the sort of the poorest, <laughs> worst villages in, in, in this vicinity. And we just wanted to see sort of how they lived and you know anyway so we went we walked in with the camera rolling and uh, uh all of a sudden i f feel something at the back of my head and at that time uganda was i think it was just after idi amin who as people know uh, i don't know if my, anyone who's watching this will know if remember. it's literally my four friends they're not okay. gonna know one of the sort of most murderous uh tyrants in africa at the time and i think about was it maybe it was a boat it was after but he was even worse anyway we went into this village and i felt something at the back of my head and 
I see all these kids surrounding us, kids, kid soldiers, and with a machine gun at my head. Nice. So, they, my first reaction, which is kind of stupid, but I guess I was young, was I stopped the camera, yes, which was a good thing, but then I tried, I wanted to start it again, just, and tilt it up to get a video, so I could show viewers should I live, <laughs> of this kid with the machine gun at my head. Uh, luckily, I probably luckily I got smart and I didn't press that button because if he knew maybe what that red light called the tally light is means I'm recording. Mm -hmm. When I pulled that trigger, he might have pulled his trigger. So yep. <laughs> you, you wouldn't have been around. Yeah. Uh, anyways, and then they put us, they took us and they put us in this. The whole village was built on human waste, like mm -hmm. excrement. So it just reeked. So the windsock, this thing that the audio person, my audio person. It covers the microphone to keep the wind noise down. It's like a fluffy thing. He luckily put perfume in it because a lot of the places we went were not pleasant smelling. Yeah. So we rubbed it in our faces. We're walking through. The whole village was built on this. Anyways, they had a whole dugout that was their prison in this waste. And they put us in there and then put boards on top and then rocks on top of that. That was, and we figured that was the end of it. <laughs> And luckily, the pastor from the village we were supposed to go to started looking for us. And he convinced them that we were doing good for the community. And they let us go after a bunch of hours. But we figured that was the end. Anyways. You made it. I did. That's, it's, a, it's a scary story. I mean, I've heard it like a hundred times. And I know, I know. You, how it went. But you survived. Yes. I still wouldn't say that's your most inglorious moment. We're no. talking like regrets here. What are a sad, funny regret what kept you i can't think of any i can think of like a million things <laughs> it's, fu it's funny but when you ask that something that popped i mean potentially but it wouldn't be funny like some house i might have wanted to get oh okay that's fine that's fine i guess funny. i got the funny moment but i don't know what's that it was actually after that africa trip and you know this one. Oh gosh <laughs> you, i don't know <laughs> well it's a Interesting story. Okay. <laughs> so when I got back, uh, I w went uh, to the doctor's office. Yes. And uh, I parked my car. And this is after a few months in Africa. I parked my car. And then uh, I realized I'd forgotten something. I ran back to the car. And the back window was of the car was smashed. And the trunk was popped open. And there are all these people around. And I'm sort of laughing my head off and I, I could see they're all wondering why they, they didn't know that whatever this thief stole because it was so carefully wrapped up was my stool sample oh my god so it was the picture in my head of his surprise prize when he opens up his gift oh my god we're literally i said we're getting down and dirty and we just were talking about <laughs> well shit. you want you wanted something for, ah yes you are oh, we're literally <laughs> talking about shit all right <laughs> That's a good, you know, I actually think I have a question that might be very inglorious really? for you. I want okay. you to know, I want you to say, what year was I born? 1995. Ugh, I thought you'd get it wrong. That could have been a really good inglorious. What about Corey? 1998. Oh, okay, fine. Never mind. You think I don't know these things? You sometimes don't. Don't ask me what month. You always ask, okay. What month? <laughs> May. Oh, okay. Damn it. Never mind. All right, daddy, your life is perfect. <laughs> it was not inglorious. Well, thank you for joining me today. This has been fun. I mean, I have learned these stories before, but it was good to learn about, you know, you growing up in your 20s and what 
you thought and what your parents thought. We could talk about this sometime when it's not even a podcast. Yes, we can. I dinner time. Let's do it. Okay. Instead of talking I just about, won't tell, I won't talk the shit story. No, no more shit stories. Um. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. This was this was so nice, Father. It was lovely doing this as well. I can't wait to go downstairs and hang out with you in the family room. <laughs> Me too. We're gonna watch a nice episode of Peaky Blinders. Yes, we will. Woohoo! All right, love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. All right, thank you guys so much for listening to the very first episode of Inglorious RBG. I'll be back next Monday with a special Valentine's Day episode. If you want to keep tuning in, you can follow me at Inglorious RBG Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening again and have a great week.